0: All righty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the nineteenth of April. I almost said February, April twenty twenty two. I swear to God, I was going to say February. 2022. Happy Tuesday to you. Welcome to the program. Appreciate the hell out of you listening. You're rock, dude. I don't know what people have told you growing up, but if anything was negative about you, they were wrong. I'm just kidding. You're probably a D-bag, but so am I. Ah, uh, Whatever. Appreciate you listening in any event. And I appreciate the judge down in Florida, the federal judge who said, you don't have to wear masks on planes anymore. The government doesn't have the authority to do that not going to go too much into that, mostly because you don't have any idea when it begins or when it starts. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> when does it take effect or what? Some, You know some lefty judge is going to slap it down anyway. This is going to have to play itself out through the Supreme Court or eventually the Biden administration is just going to go, hey man, we, uh, we're going to just let that slide because we're cool, all right? It'll be... Somewhere where they can kind of try and take credit for it before the election. Because they got nothing else. They just suck. Anyway, appreciate you listening. You can email me, derekallenhunter@gmail.com at gmail.com, or you can message me through patreon.com slash DerekHunterPodcast. That's where you go to sign up to win the autographed books. This week's battle is between Dick Cheney, Darth Vader himself, the former vice president, And Brad Thor. Both are signed first editions, I believe. I can't vouch for the Dick Cheney one, but the Brad Thor one is supposedly. Neither one of them have been opened yet. But uh, I've met Brad a couple of times, and I got a bunch of his books autographed, and this one was a duplicate. So I was like, man, let's give it away. If you're just thinking about it purely from a profit standpoint, I think Dick Cheney's autograph is probably worth more, but a signed first edition of a multiple-person New York Times bestseller, it's a tough call. You have to do some eBay research on that, man. I can't do it, because then I'll just sit there and go, but I want to sell it now. But uh, go there, enter at patreon.com slash Podcast. It costs 5 bucks a month to join the community there, and I appreciate it. Okay, let's to hell with that. Let's get on with the show now. There's a lot going on in our world, ladies and gentlemen, and we endeavor to cover as much of it as humanly possible. Um, Sitting here, I'm I'm trying to think, how was your Easter and all that stuff? I spent a lot of my Easter trying to fight dandelions. That's what I did. Trying to kill... It would be great. I would love it if you could just make the whole backyard yellow. That'd be one thing. But it only seems to want about 40% of the yard. So the the battle has been joined. And we'll see. I bought some spray stuff at uh, Costco. Some sort of, I don't know if it's called weed and feed, because that's what sticks in my mind. But that's what my dad calls everything that does this. Or uh, if it is actually weed and feed or whatever it is. I'm just walking around spraying dandelions all day yesterday afternoon. Fun times. Good times. <laughs> anyway in the meantime the world kept on spinning and we've got ilhan omar news she's very upset and it's there's a way to make a point without making it the way she did and not being a jackass about it she decided to be a jackass about it and and that's the response the mocking was what she got is what she gets. There's Twitter news with Elon Musk. There's all sorts of things. But I want to start off with a a mass shooting you probably haven't heard about and you probably won't hear about because the perpetrator is black. And that's all. That's it. That's all you need to know. But this is a demonstration of exactly how unserious the left is when it comes to crime. If you look at the shooting up in New York, Right. The New York Times, I don't know, 20 minutes after Kyle Rittenhouse was arrested and identified and they had a piece up. They wrote a piece about his pro-Trump tweets. They made all sorts of uh, assertions and allegations about Kyle Rittenhouse and, of course, Republicans and conservatives in general based on Kyle Rittenhouse because that was just how it was. They could smear the right with him. He was useful to them. So they covered his story ad nauseum. Frank James, the guy who shot all those people in New York, had a a much longer, much deeper, much more disturbing. All Kyle Rittenhouse did was be pro-Trump, which last I checked, the left hasn't yet made illegal yet. But the uh, the guy, the shooter in New York, had a long and storied history of actual racism, actual race hatred. He hates whitey. He hates Asians. He hates Hispanics. If you aren't black, he hates you. And if you are black and you don't also hate everybody who isn't black, he hates you. He's got some serious problems, a case for, you know, mental deficiencies could definitely be made with this guy but that doesn't change the fact of his social media footprint yet the new york times has written almost nothing on this i believe the quote was somewhere along the lines of a disturbing history on social media like that's it that's what that's what you got that's what you that's the extent to which you've written about his social media presence that's it And yeah, that's it. That's how the left works. So you look at these situations. Think about it. When was the last time this guy's still in jail? Evidence is being gathered. We're going to see. Have you heard anything? Not that there's a whole lot to report, but you would have had some kind of update by now, right? Have you seen it? No, you haven't. Why? Because they don't care. They don't care. Here's how the New York, the New York Times. Let's see. <laughs> uh, Kyle Rittenhouse original had one of the headlines at the New York Times. Uh, suspect in Kenosha killings lionized the police. Kyle Rittenhouse accused of killing two people during protests of a police shooting faces six criminal counts. His social media accounts shows strong support for officers, strong support for officers, published uh, August 27th, 2020. He signed up to be a cadet in a program for teenagers who aspire to be police officers. He filled his Facebook page with support for Blue Lives Matter. He sat up front at a rally for President Trump in January and posted images of it on TikTok. He and he chose to mark his 16th birthday by raising funds for a support group Uh, for the police called Humanizing the Badge. My God, he's a Nazi. Now at age 17, Kyle H. Rittenhouse is charged with homicide in a shooting that took place as counter-protesters sparred with demonstrators in Kenosha, Wisconsin, while he was being shot at and physically attacked. That's how they describe him being shot at and physically attacked. Now we go to just a week ago. Headline: The shooting suspect left troubling videos online. Hmm. The subheadline has nothing to do with the headline. The subheadline is he had addresses in Wisconsin and Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. The police also released a screenshot of Mr. James taken from a YouTube video posted on a channel belonging to the username Prophet of Truth 88. The video featured a man who appeared to be the same man in the picture released by police, delivering extended tirades, many of them overtly concerned with race and violence, often tying those subjects in with current events, including Russian invasion of Ukraine and the policies of Mr. Adams, the mayor of New York. Two law enforcement officials said that Mr. James was the person featured in the video's channels no real concern nothing nothing no exploration of what was said what was said this is after he was arrested by the way they knew it was him but now he's just suspect and oh man it could mean anything now we go down to south carolina ladies and gentlemen south carolina fox news is reporting A South Carolina judge set a $25,000 bond for a suspect in a mall shooting on Saturday that left 14 people injured, according to the Columbia Police Department. That's right. Remember, Democrats are very serious about gun violence. Gun violence. Gun violence. This article was from Sunday. So this is the following day. Now, I didn't pay that. I didn't really turn on the news over the weekend. So I don't know how much reportage this got for the afternoon on saturday but i can't imagine all that much especially once the media found out who what the person who did it looked like but this tells you how democrats don't really care about these things the alleged shooter is jwayne price and jwayne I don't know if Dwayne Price is a man or a woman, to be perfectly honest with you. The name Dwayne makes me think it's a man well, it says he picture confuses me, but whatever. The subheadline is Jawain Price was charged with unlawful carrying of a pistol. So an illegal firearm, right? Joe Biden wants more gun control over every incident that he pays attention to. Um, as long as the shooter's white, then they, they lose interest otherwise. But if the shooter is not white and using an illegal gun, there's no, no push to even hold that person accountable. Forget changing all gun laws. That's stupid to punish everybody for the, uh, evil acts of a few. But for the love of God, you, you can't process. You see that all the time here in Baltimore, Well, they dropped the gun charges. This person was arrested for 10 different things. They dropped it down to my possession of uh, marijuana, and they let them go. And you sit there and you go, well, how did it later on when they do something really horrible, and they say, they've been arrested uh, 17 times. How did they get away? They get away because they look at this and they go, let's just get rid of the gun charge. It's a little complicated. It's messy. And these progressive prosecutors don't really want to put anybody in prison. They should. It's their damn job. The people they put in prison are the bad people who terrorize the good people. But you can pretty much count on the support of the bad people when it comes to elections. Because without you, they'd be in jail, right? That's one way to look at it. You got a a guaranteed voting block because without you they'd be in jail. Anyway, I want to read this paragraph again because it is very telling. A South Carolina judge set a twenty five thousand dollar bond for a suspect in a mall shooting on Saturday that left fourteen people injured, according to the Columbia Police Department. Shoot or injure 14 people. I don't think he she, she shot 14 people. I think he shot four. And people, just like the subway shooting, people hurt themselves trying to get away. Jawain Price, 22, will be on house arrest, but allowed to travel to and from work while wearing an ankle monitor if he postponed. $25,000 bond, you got to put up 10%. 2500 bucks, you can get out of jail with an ankle monitor that will allow you to go to work. You imagine? You can go back to work while you're awaiting gun charges, theoretically, attempted murder charges, who knows? He was charged with unlawfully carrying a pistol and could face additional charges after prosecutors review evidence. Price is one of three people who were detained by law enforcement following the shooting. The other two adult males were released after police determined they weren't involved. Quote, we don't believe this was random. Columbia Police Chief W.H. Skip Holbrook said at a news conference. We believe they knew each other and something led to the gunfire. Something led to the gun. It doesn't. Do you really care? Hey, uh, there's a shooting at a mall. Why'd you do it? Oh, I did it because uh, somebody stepped to me. Somebody showed me dis. Oh, all right. Well, I didn't. I didn't realize you had a perfectly valid and legitimate reason for that. All right. Well, then uh, go ahead and make sure. What time do you get to work? We can give you a ride right to work. Evidence collected at the scene indicates at least three people displayed guns and two firearms were used, according to police police uh, price was previously arrested in june of 2018 and charged with accessory before the fact following the shooting death of a 17 year old named amon rice in hopkins south carolina the outcome of that is unclear well the outcome of that seems pretty clear to me that this person is free and walking the streets and uh, accessory before the fact what does that mean i'm going to drive you to the drop-off point where you can then go and shoot the guy i have no idea Quote, we catch people, they serve a little bit of time, they get out and get right back to doing what they normally do, and that's commit crimes, Richland County Sheriff Leon Lett said at a uh, recent press conference, the criminal justice system needs to do better. Recidivism, we always hear about it, we need to lower the recidivism rate because the left feels bad that these criminals end up going back to prison committing more crimes. Some people do reform, but the vast majority of them don't. There's a real simple way to lower the recidivism rate, and that's stop releasing people early. Keep them in prison. Don't end cash bail. Punish people. Recognize that the penal system, the word penal is not a uh, a dirty joke that should cause teenage boys to giggle from coast to coast. But it is, in fact, a derivative of penalty. Penal colony is not a commentary on their gender. It is a commentary on what they are doing. They are being punished for having done things that are unacceptable, not reform. Oh, we're going to reform you. Make it summer camp then, okay? Prison is for punishment. Oh, we've released these people back into the wild and they have no skills. What's? They should have one skill. They should have enough brain cells to rub together to recognize that they probably don't want to break the law again or else they'll end back up in there. Right? If you can't figure that one out without several million dollars worth of training and a law school degree that you earned while in the joint, then you're too stupid. You should be grateful that breathing is a reflex because you would forget to do it. I just look at this and I go, my God, what is wrong with these people? Price's attorney, South Carolina State Rep Todd Rutherford, claims that his client acted in self-defense. Oh, you carried an illegal firearm with you in self-defense? Quote, it was unprovoked by him. He called the police, turned himself in, turned over the firearm that was used in this and gave a statement to the Columbia Police Department. Okay, great. Let the jury decide. In the meantime, if you want to place this person under house arrest, that's one thing. All right, ankle monitor, leave your property and we're coming to get you and throwing you in the joint. That saves a lot of money. I'm all in favor of it. But the ability to continue to go to work seems a little bit absurd, does it not? Without even trying to make the case, you should be forced to make the case. There should be some kind of hearing on this going, hey, this is a, a hardship or we must do this. They must allow this, make a case for it, for God's sakes. But no, and you can't sit there and say, well, we need more stricter gun laws. You've got somebody with at least run-ins with the police, in their history sitting there with an illegal firearm a firearm they are not allowed to carry involved in a shooting for whatever reason and you will not find very many defense attorneys who will come out and say my client is guilty as hell my client saw somebody that he didn't like and tried to kill him you're not going to find that defense attorney very often so um that the defense attorney proclaims everything i don't know if it's true That's for the courts to decide, but the court should set the bar a little bit higher based on the fact that this person was carrying a gun they shouldn't have been carrying. If you're at all serious about gun crimes and taking it on and actually prosecuting and penalizing people, but no. Right now, the New York City shooter is sitting in jail. He miraculously and thankfully qualifies for uh, not being released on his own recognizance. He'd have to come up with, well, there's no bail allowed for him. Anybody else, you walk up and punch some random 80-year-old Asian woman walking down the street if you're a Democrat, you'll be out by by noon. You won't miss your lunch date. And people wonder why these cities are going to hell and why people don't trust Democrats. It's so weird. It's a mystery for the ages. We may never know. I want to, since it was just Easter, I want to talk a little bit about this Ilhan Omar story that's going on, because she's annoying and awful and hypocritical and a fraud and everything. But I can also she makes a point in a she decides to make a point in a way that is the most obnoxious way possible, and it is. It's not by accident. You don't decide to go, you know, I could make a point here. You know, you should just maybe leave people alone on a plane. How about everybody just mind their own business on a plane and we'll be fine. And instead, this. We also don't know the context of this because um, it's like a 15-second clip or 20 seconds. We don't know how long this clip is. We don't know how it came to be. If somebody just grabbed their acoustic guitar and started playing and other and uh, their family members started singing along with it I can see that being really annoying if I'm on the plane I don't care what they're singing I I just don't want to hear it leave everybody alone you respect the armrest rules the fight for the armrest you respect the uh, the fact that there's not a lot of leg room so if you recline your seat you're all the way you're being a jerk and if you're comfortable being a jerk knock yourself out but just be aware of it and you just be quiet don't argue with the flight attendants. You don't argue with your passengers. You don't get into a fight. Nobody, nobody's happy on a plane. Nobody's, except for maybe kids, and even some of them are wildly unhappy, but nobody's really happy on a plane. So why don't you just leave everybody alone? That would be my philosophy, and that would be, I wouldn't have bothered to tweet this, especially on Easter, but uh, or the day before Easter, but that's what Ilhan Omar is. She is a Muslim, and she hates anybody else who isn't. She is a black woman, and she hates anybody else who isn't. And Democrats love her for it. Boy, how do the Democrats love her for it. So she tweeted out this video, this audio, of a guy, an alleged, supposedly, according to her, she writes, I think my family and I should have a prayer session next time I am on a plane. How do you think it will end? First of all, in an orgy would be my guess, considering you married your brother. So I don't want to know what your family's up to. You're on your third marriage. So I didn't realize that Islam was so sexually liberating. That being said, if you want to pray on a plane, go ahead. You don't have to scream and yell during a prayer session. I've seen Muslim prayer sessions. They are not screaming and yelling fests. But... She has a point to the certain extent that she just decides to make in the worst way possible. This guy is in the aisle of a plane playing acoustic guitar. First of all, you should make everybody check their musical instruments to prevent this from happening. Secondly, there are people in the aisle, not many, like three or whatever, who are singing along with him like they're in on this. So maybe they are in on this. We don't know the context of it. It may well be that this was an attempt to make some sort of viral video. Because we also can see that not a single human being is wearing a mask in there, I don't think. Or are they? Wait a second. I just saw a guy. Most people aren't wearing masks. How does that work out? There's one guy wearing... That doesn't mean that one guy wearing a mask on a plane. You'd see people wearing a mask on a plane, to be honest with you. Looking, looking, looking. One dude with a mask. So I would say that this is probably pre-pandemic, because that dude is just wearing a mask, and nobody else is, and everybody would be thrown off or arrested. I don't know. But the point, and well, let's listen to what they're singing. They're singing about Jesus, it's Easter weekend. If this is new video, we'll see. I suppose it will be uh, hashed out later on. Ilhan did not take this video, but she tweeted it from somebody else.
1: It's the name of always. you are worthy of always.
0: okay now if i'm on a plane and somebody gets up singing with an acoustic without well, singing at all somebody gets up yelling somebody gets up doing anything that disrupts my trying to get into my own head so this flight goes by as quickly as humanly possible, and I'm not just sitting here bored to death or cognizant of the fact that I'm eating my knees because I'm sitting in coach. Anything that distracts me from my distractions, I find annoying. You can sit there and you can agree with this and all things, oh, they're just praising Jesus and all. Yeah, that's great. But you have to respect the fact that other people don't want to do that at 30,000 feet. I get that the spirit moves you and congratulations to you for that, but you don't, you should not be infringing on everybody else. A captive audience is not the chance to get, oh my God, there's a record executive on here. This is our chance to be discovered. No, it is your chance to just sit there and and be quiet. Ilhan Omar could have made this point without getting obnoxious about it. She had to make it a religious angle rather than a just common courtesy angle. But you see, the left can't make something, anything really about common courtesy because they are in favor of disrupting common courtesy. They are in favor of not being courteous at all to anybody who disagrees with them, anybody they deem unacceptable. Remember Maxine Waters a couple years ago, you go and find anybody from this administration out in the public and you get in their faces, you tell them they're not welcome anymore. Yeah, that's who the Democratic Party is. That's what the Democratic Party is. That's who they are. So they have to take the most obnoxious, the most annoying way to do this. Even when you agree with these leftists that people should just be left alone and maybe be polite and treat a plane less like a concert venue and closer to a library, uh, they find a way to be a jackass about it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm oversensitive to it and, oh, you got to give leeway to people and let them do what they got to do. But when I'm on a plane, I literally don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to talk to, I, I even if I'm sitting there next to my family, I put my earplugs in and I hope to fall asleep to make that flight as short as possible. And falling asleep on a plane for me, unless I'm sitting in an emergency exit aisle or uh, the, in Southwest, I always upgrade and pay the extra 15 bucks to get in the uh, a group right and you uh you can go i go to, right to the front row because you get extra leg room in the front row and nobody's gonna recline you don't get the t te- well on some flights man, southwest doesn't really have a tv you know you get a tray that like crams down there but i, I don't care about that i just want to fall asleep and be left the hell alone and i think most people just want to be left alone so maybe it's you know hum to yourself or what have you it can wait your song can wait the world doesn't need to hear it but ilhan if your family wants to get up there and have a prayer i'd be afraid what how do i think it would end i think it would end in an orgy and maybe you'd end up married to another family member that would be my guess all she has to do is not be a jackass. All she had to do was not be a complete jerk. She couldn't do it. She doesn't have it in her. <clears> That's <throat> a joke I could make about her brother in that last line I just said. That I'm not going to make. Because I'm going to be the better person, damn it. <laughs> but I'm going to point it out so you can make the joke in your head. Speaking of crazy leftists who are part of the uh, squad or aspire to be part of I don't know. I, it's hard to tell. It used to be the Gang of Four, the Purity Police for the Progressives, but now there's so many of them that they're really taking over the party. Premier Jayapal the other day, they do this occasionally, all of them do it to one degree or another, tweeted out, student debt cancellation is racial justice, student debt cancellation is gender justice, student debt cancellation is economic justice. I think that's kind of how Premier Jayapal speaks. How is it racial justice? Well, no. Are you saying, Premier, that uh, black people can't pay off debts? Black people can't be expected to understand the concept of signing on for a loan? They don't get what a loan means? Is that what you're saying, Premier? I'd like to know. I'm rather curious how it is racial justice and gender justice. Presumably you're talking about women because you don't give a damn about men. So then you're saying that women are too dumb to know that when you sign for a loan you have to pay that what a loan means hey the government is giving me a big gift they're giving me a they're giving me a scholarship it's great all i have to do is sign this document that says uh, student loan Uh, what is uh, i don't know what that word means but it must mean gift right let me sign that give me another pen i want to sign all of these pieces of paper you imagine that are women that dumb? I don't know. I, I've never known a woman that dumb, but uh I guess I never really asked them. So maybe maybe all women when it comes to the idea of what a loan is, lose their minds immediately and have no understanding of the concept, and that would bring about gender justice. You know. Or you could just say, Well the god, the uh the education system really fails these people if they don't understand the concept. But I don't even believe I don't believe an economic justice is just stupid because economic justice its economic justice. The people who have these massive student loan debts, the bigger the student loan, the uh, the more expensive the education and the more uh, advanced the education. People with graduate degrees have massive amounts of student loan debt that they willingly took on for whatever reason. And just because you got your Ph.D. in gender grievance studies and it didn't really work out for you with a six-figure gig right out of college, I'm, I'm supposed to eat that? You know who has to eat that? And I say this is somebody with student loan debt. You know who has to eat that really is the people who didn't go to college at all, the taxpayers who are out there roofing. Were out there working in sales, the entrepreneurs who started their own business at 16, 18, 21, whatever it is, who didn't go to college, who decided to blaze their own trail. Those people, the vaunted middle class that Democrats claim to care so much about, those are the people who would be hurt by student debt cancellation. Why not all debt? Honestly, if you can, because the cancellation, the idea that it was just canceled, it like it goes away in the ether is absurd. The money's been spent. Somebody has to pay for the goods and, and or services that were procured through that money, right? And that is the middle class. That is the working class. That is actually the people who will have it, quote unquote, forgiven as well, but they'll just pay pennies on the dollar. For it, through paying taxes but if this is somehow justice and if people were too damn stupid to understand the concept of a student loan like wait, wait what you 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 wanted me to pay that back i thought you just gave me the money because you liked me what's how dear dude you should have been more clear about that I, mean, I guess calling it a student loan left it a little ambiguous But if they're that dumb and you care that deeply about people that dumb, then maybe just maybe we should forgive all debt. Let's just start over. Let's have year zero. Okay, let's just wipe the whole slate clean and uh, we'll see how that works out for everybody gets whatever property they own. But all the money's gone and then everybody gets an equal amount of money. And you go from there. That would be the ultimate in fairness, would it not? Get rid of mortgages, get rid of car loans, get rid of boat loans, get rid of whatever else it is. Leverage, people have leveraged. Let's get rid of all of it. We'll just make it disappear. It'll be wonderful. Why the economic impact would be next to nothing. All credit card debt gone. Because why? Because, well, just because it's the nice thing to do. It's economic justice. It's racial justice. It's gender justice. Let's get rid of all of it. And I guarantee you, if you wipe that clean, and you give everybody a chance to start over, start from scratch, you'd still end up with probably the same people or the vast majority of the same people. There might be some people who were wildly discouraged through some sort of life trauma who didn't do something, but now having a reset button would, would do it. But I'd say, by and large, the people who are successful would be successful again. The people who are rich would be rich again. Unless, well, no, that's not entirely true. Hunter Biden wouldn't be because people are watching him now. But um, there are a lot of people who would, well, the entrepreneurs, the people who made the money, you have to always differentiate between the people who did something and the people I call the lucky sperm. Prince Harry. I'll talk about him in a second. Prince Harry is what would be considered a lucky sperm. And Meghan Markle. They, uh, they've done really nothing. He, he is. You only know about either of them because of him. Nobody knew about who the hell she was, even when she was on a TV show, because the TV show was on USA and nobody was watching it. But um, Prince Harry is his only accomplishment in life is he is the sperm that cracked the egg. That's it. This is who he was born by. And his father, legally Prince Charles, probably the uh, redheaded guy who uh, Diana had an affair with, but that's beside the point. Uh, That's his only accomplishment. And all he does is spend his time griping and grousing about his accomplishment his only accomplishment, and denouncing it and trying to back away from it because part of being a lucky sperm is being ungrateful for the opportunities. Just like uh, James James Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch's kid. the big lib, married a big lib, uh, took all the money, took hundreds of millions of dollars from his family and his family business at Fox News and all of that, and then is spending a lot of it trying to destroy conservatism, trying to destroy his family's business because, I don't know, I assume he's got an Oedipal complex or something. There's something wrong with that kid. He's wildly ungrateful. There are so many people like that out there. And uh, the idea of looking at the wealthy in society, the well-off, or the people at least with the shortest path to wealth and success, the people who went to college and uh, borrowed money to do it. The advanced degree, the double, double advanced degrees for giving their debt on the backs of roofers, on the backs of clerks is so ridiculous that only a liberal could come up with it. Only a liberal could come up with it. And boy, howdy, they are married to that thing. They're more committed to this idea than they are the ideas of their marriage. It's bizarre, not surprising, but bizarre. Since we have been talking a lot about cultural rot recently and the perversion of the left, I want to play you this uh, bit from a University of New Hampshire professor named David Finkelhor. I didn't make that name up. Finkelhor, F-I-N-K-E-L-H-O-R, talking about, and the left is just really interested in uh, in perversion. Can we just be honest? They're really interested in perversion. Um, I'll tell you, he is a, a sociologist. So, sociology, there you go. Listen to him talk about that sometimes the kids are the aggressor in the uh, ch- teachers having sex with kids. And, uh, like, as if it's justified. It's insane.
1: Um,. Also, if young people are initiating sexual activities with adults or enthusiastically involved, we can't be effective in working with them if we assume that all such relationships start with a predatory or criminally inclined, inclined adult. The, as we have seen in the discussion, young people bridle at being forced into this uh, box of being seen as being the victim of a predator. And so there are reasons for learning about what the dynamics are and, and how to talk about them so that we can um, better help the young people who are in these situations. It's,
0: it's just gross. Hey, the, uh, what, was, uh, what was her name? She's uh, Mary Kay Letourneau. Vili Falal, he came on to me. Vili Falal, he came on to me. It's his fault, he was 12 at the time. You shouldn't even entertain the idea. There is a point at which the adult has to be the adult. You want to talk about cultural rot and moral rot in society. You just heard it right there. You just heard it right there. It really is just it's it's just gross gross what uh was saying there. And of course you can only really get away with this if you have tenure, which you're not gonna be tired. I'm just I'm just asking questions. Okay, whatever. It it's it just we have to as a, if we can't as a society just simply say this is the line. This is the line. Doesn't matter how you cross that line. This is the line. If you're an adult, if you're a teacher, you don't have sex with your students. We can't agree on that. We can't. Well, you know what? She was asking for it, or he really was aggressive. I try. I. How many times am I supposed to turn somebody down? Uh, every time. Every time. Constantly. And if the kid can't control themselves, you talk to the parents, talk to the administration. You get that kid the hell away from you. Whatever you do, whatever it is, that's how you do it. You don't go well. You know, I said three times, I, uh, <laughs> I said no, and then uh, you said, what am I supposed to do? She's a good-looking girl, you know. Come on, man, it's ridiculous. But uh, this is how the left is working. There's NBC News has a big piece today. The post-millennial wrote the, that up about that professor and his, you know, sex crimes against children. Hey, man, sometimes kids are the aggressors sort of thing. NBC News has a big piece against um, David Mamet. David Mamet is, a, if you ever watch Glenn Gary, Glenn, there's a whole bunch of things that David Mamet wrote. But he's he wrote uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Great movie, great play. He was a man of the left. Boy, howdy, was he a man of the left. And then his eyes were opened. He started noticing things. He started questioning things. And the second he started questioning things, he realized that all of his liberal Hollywood friends suddenly turned against him, started attacking him, asking questions got him excommunicated, which to my mind is a really good indication that you don't have much of a case for whatever it is you're selling if you can't even tolerate, accept the idea of questions being asked. So he ra- wrote a book about uh, the decline of our morality in society. Actually, I'm looking up. I don't even think yeah NBC no- News wrote it up. Is it a book okay? His new book, uh, Recessional, The Death of Free Speech and the Cost of a Free Lunch. And he was on Fox News Sunday. And something he said over there upset the left and so they're now attacking david mamet nbc news is doing it said playwright david mamet claims on fox news that teachers are inclined toward pedophilia (laughs) randy weingarten of course they go to the president of uh, the uh, united federation of teachers what do you think what do you think the union goon is going to say about that She said, quote, this demonization of teachers is dangerous for our educators and their students. And it must stop, Weingarten said in the statement. In the meantime, teachers will keep doing their jobs to create opportunity and joy for every child in this country. And that that overcomes anger, fear, and gross misinformation every time. Here's I'm going to call time out here, Wendy. I'm going to throw my red challenge flag. Nowhere in your statement... Does it say that you're going to continue to do your jobs of educating children and how how to think? Not what to think. I know you're all interested in what to think. But I think we'd be content as human beings, as a species, that you would teach them just simply how to think, how to read, how to do math, how to do things like that. But no. She instead said teachers will keep doing their jobs to create opportunity and joy for every child in this country. What the hell kind of a... if you're a teacher, what do you do there? I'd love to hear from you. Like, yeah, my job is to create opportunity and joy for every child. What are you talking about, Randy Weingart? That's like one of the dumbest, most perverted statements ever. That that could be, you know, an, an entire show into itself, that the head of the union for teachers is saying we got to create joy and opportunity. What do you mean opportunity? What is opportunity? When you're sitting there telling kids that they're either – racists or victims of racism based on their skin color they're either got everything handed to them no matter what their economic situation no matter what their familiar situation is or they've got everything kept at them uh, kept at arm's length from them based on their skin color and is that who's that bringing joy or opportunity to Uh, The reason I I bring this up is not to make fun of Randy Weingarten, but although Randy Weingarten definitely deserves to be mocked. The story then goes on. NBC News reached out to several times to Mamet, not even Mr. Mamet, just Mamet. We reached out to Mamet, whose mother was a teacher. What does that have to do with anything? His mother was a teacher long before, I suspect, teachers sleeping with students was a fairly common thing. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that David Mamet, who's in his 60s or 70s, is probably not of the generation where... And that would put his mother, a long time ago teacher, probably not sleeping with many students at the time. There was no response, NBC News said. David Finkelhor, who heads the Crimes Against Children Research Center at the University of New Hampshire, he is the go-to for talking about perverted teachers for the media. He said that, quote, it is well established that a majority, but not all sexual abusers against children are males. (laughs) All right. Well, there you go. How many times have you seen stories? This is, what about in the name of equity? What about in the name of equality? And who's to say what a male is anyway? See, these leftists can say anything they want at any given time. He can say, well, you know, sometimes the kid is the aggressor when it's a hot female teacher and a 16-year-old football stud from uh, the big man on campus to steal a line from uh, uh, the Brady Bunch. You can't have it both ways. Men and women are all equal, but men and women are different. Men and women are absolutely one and the same and interchangeable, but they need to be treated differently. You can't have it both ways. You can't simultaneously say we have to forgive all student loan debt because people didn't understand what they were getting themselves into at 18, 19, 20, 21, so on and so forth, and then say, but a 10-year-old absolutely has the wherewithal to choose their gender, and we as a society have to not only accept it, we have to make sure that they get all the medical treatments humanly possible to make sure they don't get puberty, to make sure that their body is altered forever at the age of 10. So a 10-year-old can make a life-altering decision, physically damaging their body permanently, but an 18-year-old can't figure out what a loan is. And we're supposed to believe that we're supposed to believe these same people, that they have the best interests in children of children at heart. No, they don't have the best interests of in children at heart. They are those sorts of people who have situational ethics at best, at best. I'm not one to moralize against other people. You're going to have to explain yourself to God. I'm not going to have to explain you to God. But when you look at the way that some of these people act, it deserves some moralizing. You don't even have to be religious to look at this and go, what are you doing to that 12-year-old? What do you mean puberty blockers? How about you get therapy? The left is going absolutely crazy. You know, they've... It's funny with gender affirming care. We need gender affirming care. We need this. We need that. We need the other thing. And you're sitting there going, well, what the hell? You need gender affirming care for a 10 year old. First of all, it's it's sex change or You need therapy for a kid. But that's neither here nor there. Remember just a couple of years ago when the left went nuts across the country about um, conversion therapy? Remember that? conversion therapy you can't do it conversion therapy is illegal now in a whole bunch of states a whole bunch of democrats conversion therapy is i i suppose there's all sorts of degrees of it some of which is fairly benign and some of which is fairly aggressive about somebody who says they're gay and then they say no i don't want to be gay or their parents don't want them to be gay and so they send them to some institution that promises to Pray the gay away, or whatever the gay away, or what have you, whatever. Um, it was a huge, huge scandal and wildly unacceptable, and the left has made it illegal. Illegal in a lot of states. They'd love to make it illegal nationwide. But the thing is, not everybody who went, we don't know. We're not allowed to collect the data because it's not allowed to happen now in most states. We don't know. What percentage or the percentages of what happened to the people that came out? Maybe some people were just confused and they're 14 years old and they don't know. They don't feel comfortable in their own body because no 14-year-old feels comfortable in their own body. And they're confused about sexuality and they don't know these feelings they're getting. And so they went to this. Maybe it helped them. Maybe it helped them. You're not allowed to say that, though. You're not even allowed to entertain the idea. Because conversion therapy can mean anything. It can mean, you know, sitting in a chair, and go, you're, not gay, you're not gay, you're not gay, you're not gay, you're not gay. To Or look at this picture. If it's a man, you get a shock because it's horrible. And because it's a woman, then you don't get a shock. Whatever. It can be anything to that. I don't know that that happens, but it, I'm just using it as an example. Or it could be counseling. It could be having a conversation with that 14-year-old who doesn't know what's going on, who feels uncomfortable in their own skin and making them realize that everybody to one degree or another goes through that it's not uncommon it doesn't make you weird it doesn't make you this it doesn't make you that it doesn't make you get driving in a car and saying "Ooh, is that a hot chick in front of me and then because of the hair flowing and you pull up and it's a dude with a beard and long hair and you go, oh my god maybe i'm secretly gay no no that's not how it works but when you're 14 years old or you're a kid and you don't have any frame of reference, no firsthand experience with life, all of these things can be very confusing. And there is an entire industry out there on the left, I swear to you, that looks at these sorts of things as opportunities, not as a learning opportunity, but as an opportunity. That's how you end up where Gen Z somehow has 20% of the population of uh, the younger generation saying that they're transgender twenty percent. That's impossible. That is impossible. But no, it, oh, it's well, it's just twenty. It's twenty percent. Why? Because it's very fashionable. That if you feel awkward, you feel weird. You're not sure about the future. You don't know what's going on with your body. Oh, that's probably because maybe you're trapped in the wrong body or maybe you're you're gay, maybe you're bi, maybe you're this, maybe you're nothing, maybe you're all of these things, and you just start inundating people with this, and you say, well, on my TV show that I watch on Nick Jr., they have characters who are going through this, and they're pretty cool because they're on TV. Maybe I'm these things. Hey, you know what? My pronouns are now they, them. And they're not talked to to try and figure out what's going on with them. They're taught to to convince them what's going on with them? it's fashionable there are parents out there who yearn to have a transgender child they yearn for all i'm so you see them you can find videos of them the libs of tiktok when they're not suspended from twitter will tweet these videos of these parents oh my my three-year-old just came out as transgender your three-year-old did All right, let's have a conversation with your three-year-old so they can explain what a boy is and what a girl is. And then I'll start to take you seriously. But until then, you don't have an idea. Kid picked up a Barbie. Doesn't mean that he's trans. Most of what we do now has to be can't be defensive. We have to go on the offense here because we're fully on the defensive. Mostly, I think we're mostly on the defensive because we can't imagine somebody would be this stupid, somebody would be this evil, somebody would be this corrupt. Adults in position of authority, adults in positions of prestige, adults entrusted with making sure that our kids are okay, are abusing that, not for their own sexual gratification, although in some cases it is, not just physically for them themselves, but so that they can feel better about themselves their lives are screwed up they made mistakes they feel weird about whatever and they go you know what though if more people feel this way then i'm normal if more people feel this way i didn't make a mistake If more people so you convert people to do it it's that same cheaters dilemma somebody starts cheating they want other people to cheat why because then it's not so Like okay, everybody's doing it it's perfectly normal to cheat it's perfectly the people who go monogamy is unnatural it's an unnatural situation really because that just means that you you just want to cheat you want to sleep around that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to normalize what you're doing because somewhere deep down inside of you, you know it's not right. You know it's not normal. You know it's not. You know you're uncomfortable with it. Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith can have as open a marriage as they want, but you watch him as she sits there at that Facebook video talking about how she's sleeping with her boyfriend and you don't see a guy who's like, yeah, you know, that's great. You see a guy who's sitting there dying inside going, I can't wait to smack Chris Rock. I he's not sitting there going, "I got to sleep with Halle Berry." He's sitting there going, "My wife is telling the whole world that that she's screwing around on me and she has a boyfriend." Like you can convince yourself of an awful lot, or at least pretend you've convinced yourself of an awful lot. But deep down, you know it's wrong. You know it's you know what right is. You know what normal is. I don't care what you do in your life. It's when you try to inflict it on other kids to cover up for your mistakes you have a problem. You're sitting around going, well, sometimes the kid's the aggressor. Did you see the way that she was wearing that romper? You know, the low cut romper there in seventh grade. It's her. No. Unacceptable. There have to be lines for a society to function. And it doesn't matter how you cross that line. You cross that line. There are consequences for it. Bad consequences. You don't cross that line. Every- well, she came on to me. He came on to me. Uh, you're the adult you're supposed to be able to handle that if you can't um then might i suggest you go live in the woods by yourself or something worse something horrible just a thought now before we run out of time i do want to touch on the latest on elon musk just to illustrate how absurd the left has gotten he was what was it six months ago that he was hosting saturday night live Oh, man, it was, he was a hero. He was all over Saturday Night Live. He was, it was big news. It was Dogecoin or doggy coin or however you prefer to pronounce it. They loved Elon Musk. And it was actually a mildly funny episode for Saturday Night Live. That's, you know, big news. <laughs> sad, sad news, but big news. So they, uh, now have turned on him. Why? Because the left will turn on anybody who isn't them. That's it, period. You are either with them or you are their enemy on everything simultaneously. If you dare stray, you are uh, destroyed. So now that the board has decided to try the poison pill route, which is bizarre, uh, diluting the value of a stock that's already overinflated and, and rejecting a basically a 9% almost 10% premium on the cost of a stock because you don't like the person who might take it over, who might, you know, institute a policy that goes against your progressive ideology. I would think that would be all kinds of violations of your fiduciary duty as a, as a member of the board. But what the hell do I know? It's so bizarre. These people are, there's something fundamentally wrong with these leftists. But they're they're sitting there and they're going to go to the bats. They're going to go to the mattresses over, the, uh, over keeping the company away from Elon Musk, a company that has never turned a profit, has no plan to turn a profit, has no pathway in their mind to turn a profit. They have no, like, oh, but if only we do this, then we'll, no, they don't know what they're doing. They admit all of this freely. And so he must be destroyed. So you end up, with the uh, week, They did an opening skit, I think, with Elon Musk, too, that was really, really bad. You almost feel bad for the performers. If you've ever watched CNN when it was good, you sit there and you watch these people now and you go, God, it, is there nobody? There's no guidance. There's no adult in the room sitting there saying, here's what you really should do. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it's just straight up. Here you go. Well, <clears throat> on the Saturday Night Live weekend update, they did the exact same thing. They did the exact same thing. Listen to this is Michael Che. Happens to be a black guy, and uh, he's, he's all of his comedy to the extent that his comedy is based on skin color. It's really sad. He was supposed to be some. There was like a big bidding war for him, for uh, his services, Saturday Night Live or The Daily Show. Like they both wanted him, and they, nobody could ever. I've never ex- understood why. He's not funny, but he is progressive. And he's got the right skin color. And I guess that's all you need to make it these days. But he's sitting there and he takes a racist shot at Elon Musk for no other reason than and all white people, uh, for no other reason than Elon Musk, who's not a man of the right, supports the concept of freedom of speech for everybody, particularly unpopular speech because, well... That's the only speech that really needs to be protected, isn't it? Elon Musk offered to buy Twitter for over $40 billion so he can loosen its free speech rules. That's how badly white guys want to use the N-word. Get it? Uh, That's that's the only reason people are banned. Not because they shared a story from the New York Post about the uh, Democratic nominee's degenerate crack-smoking Prostitute frequenting son. No, no, no. It wasn't that. It's because they all just want to say the n word. Isn't that hilarious? Ha ha ha. You can tell the left doesn't have a case. By the way, the left doesn't try to make a case. Sometimes they try to make a case. It's pretty embarrassing most of the time when they try to make a case. But this time they aren't even bothering to make a case against Elon Musk buying Twitter. They're not even pretending that there is a case. Nobody's saying, yeah, you know what, though, Twitter's right on the verge of making a fortune, a massive profit, and therefore uh, the, uh, it's way undervalued what Elon is offering. No, they're saying this is ours. This is where we like to hide. This is where we can deny anybody who disagrees with us a, uh, a voice. This is our safe sanctuary. This is our bubble. You get the hell out of it. You want your own bubble. Go build your own bubble. Go away. Go away. That's what they're saying. That's their argument. Now, Colin Jost, who is the uh, the white guy on Saturday Night Live's news, fake news, he then had to go and make a bunch of jokes too because Elon Musk has to be made a joke of. You can, you can have all kinds of problems with Elon Musk. I've had many problems with Elon Musk over the years. He gets a lot, of, he had got a lot of subsidies. Not a fan of subsidies. But on this one, it's just a guy trying to institute freedom of speech for everybody. And this is the reaction. He's a racist. He just wants to be able to say the N-word. And this. Honestly,
1: I don't understand why Elon even wants to own Twitter. It used to be something that seemed important and even fun. And now you look at it and it's confusing and depressing. It's the Giuliani of apps. too. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And come on, Elon, Elon built electric cars, he's going to Mars. Why is he even involving himself with Twitter? It would be like if the Prince of England gave it all up just to marry an actor from Suits. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, I gotta say, Twitter's not even profitable anymore. It just feels like a bad business decision. And I say that as someone
0: who bought a Staten Island ferry with Pete. It's just bad. It's just, first of all, it's not funny. That's the worst part is it's not funny. But the second part is they just attack. Don't do this. You just want to say the n-word. What are you doing? What are you a special kind of stupid? What's the matter with you, boy? What are you doing? I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you're threatened by the concept of free speech for everybody, you're probably a fascist. Just just throwing it out there. That's the world that we live in. That is the reality of it. And by the way, he mentioned Prince Harry. This might be my, uh, my favorite story of all time. You know, they're at the Invictus Games or what I think it's rugby championship. I don't know exactly. I'm not from the UK, so it doesn't matter. But this headline from the UK Daily Mail just cracks me up. Harry is at it again. Duke says he will never, ever rest until he has made the world a, quote, better and more equal place for Archie and Lilibet, Lilbit. In an interview with child reporters at Invictus Games, as Megan tells veterans, she misses her children so much. I miss them so much. Why'd you travel around the world? You're not, you don't, give me a break. I miss my children, but I love the attention. He's not going to rest ever. He will never, ever, ever rest until he's made the world a more equal place. He could start by giving up his money. He's born on third base and he acts like he hit a triple. He did not. The only reason you know who this guy is, he's what I call the lucky sperm. He's the one that cracked the egg. He is because of who he was born to. Allegedly, his father is going to be the next king of England. But his mother was Princess Diana. He is born into royalty and that is it. He inherited millions of dollars because he was born to it. He has not accomplished anything. He was paid something like $50 million to produce podcasts for Spotify. And thus far, they have produced, as far as I know, one minute podcast. That's a lot of gravy. That's a lot of money to sit down with Oprah an awful lot to make that kind of money. He's going to make the world a more fair and equal place. Well, the fastest way you could do that right now is to give up your wealth to earn your way from here on out both of you together do it give it all to charity What you see how that works out for you if the two of these if these two people had to get by on merit on skills on talent they would be about 100 pounds together as they slowly starve to death on the streets of Los Angeles Unable to even muster the strength to hold up their tin cup. And if somebody were to drop a penny into it, it would fall immediately to the ground because they would not be able to support such muscles. They wouldn't have the muscles to support it. Give me a break, a more equitable world. Kiss my butt, Harry. Now I want to turn my attention to the pinched-off loaf known as Brian Stelter over at CNN. Yes, yes, he is. He is. Uncle Fester there, the Weeble, whatever you want to call him, a potato, a potato. Two clips from him. He is the media reporter over there. And he is a serious journalist. Just ask him. He's one of those insufferable people who really thinks that they're doing the Lord's work. It's unbelievable that it's a lack of self-awareness. I've never seen so much self-love with such a lack of self-awareness. Married together. You would think that those two things couldn't go together. If you just think you're, you know, the best in the world, you would notice your flaws even more, theoretically. But no. No. He uh, was talking as a journalist. He was trying to attack Fox. Fox. Because that's what he lives to do. It's what he's actually paid to do. It's weird. He ignores most everything that goes on over at MSNBC and just attacks Fox. Because MSNBC, while they're ahead of CNN in the ratings, it's just a little. Just that much. Fox is dominating both of them combined. So he attacks the big, he's that little dog yipping at the heels of the big dog. He goes on as a journalist. Now, I swear to God, ladies and gentlemen, there was a time 10 years ago, maybe even right before BT, before Trump, where a working paper would not be cited. A working paper. A working paper is a research paper in the process. It means no conclusions have been drawn. They're still working on it. They're still crunching the data. And then for it to even be considered legitimate... From there, once they're done, once they submit it, they have to submit it to a a peer-reviewed journal. It has to be accepted by that journal, and then it has to be revered by their peers to make sure. They're like, all right, well, we'll check this out, and if it all checks out, we'll run your, your, your study. That's a long process, and it is the scientific method. It requires people to... Actually, they're work to stand up to some scrutiny. Anybody can just write an equation down or make a declaration. But for it to be considered scientific data-wise, you got to kind of stand up to a little bit of questioning. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now the media reports on working papers all the time because working papers, they, they actually most of them don't go beyond that stage. They don't have to. They're mostly to get publicity university professors write things so they can get publicity so that they can then cite those news stories in their grant applications used to be had to be running a peer-reviewed journal for it to count but it doesn't anymore this uh uncle fester dude here whining about it on cnn is enough is enough it's college professors saying that it's conservatives it's republicans who spread disinformation on social media so the any attempt to rein in or uh Social uh, to rein in misinformation, of course, is going to hit conservatives. So stop whining. You're not being censored because of your political beliefs. It's ridiculous on its face, but it's also absurd when you recognize that one bogus tweet from some leftist journalist will get 100,000 retweets. Whereas some random QAnon person you never heard of tweeting something that's, you know, oh, they're they're murdering children and drinking their blood at comic ping pong pizza. That'll get 10. Retweets will be seen by 15 people, but that will be considered just the same thing as the 1 million people who saw the liberal lie, because the conservative is probably shadow ban and the liberal is shadow promoted. But listen to this uh, potato here, cite something that journalistically would not even warrant a bookmark for future reference just a few years ago.
1: Is Twitter biased against conservatives? That's the title of this new working paper by professors at MIT and Yale. In the words of Professor David Rand, the root of the challenge uh, when looking at this is that Republicans, conservatives, are substantially more likely to share misinformation or fake news than Democrats are. Thus, as social media's platforms, the policies aimed at reducing nonsense and boosting real news would ensnare Republican users more often. This research team found wide bipartisan support for platforms trying to reduce misinformation. People don't want QAnon craziness all up in their news feeds. But, Professor Rand says, putting these two observations together shows the problem. In responding to bipartisan demand, platforms may wind up enforcing on conservatives more than on liberals. Now, complaints about conservatives being censored online They are core to the GOP's identity. See this Heritage headline as an example. It plays right into the cancel culture narrative. It powers Trumpian fundraising efforts. And now it is at the heart of Elon Musk's hostile takeover bid for Twitter. Right-wing media is celebrating Musk's bid, saying he's going to rescue free speech. He's going to reinstate it for millions of Americans and people around the world who've been muzzled by Twitter. And the villain in their story is, of course, the mainstream media.
0: Yeah, you would think this uh, morbidly obese beached whale would be aware of the fact that in the last election, Hunter Biden's story was blacklisted, blackball blocked, declared to be fake news, misinformation, disinformation, Russian disinformation. Many of his colleagues at CNN declared it to be such, including himself. Uh, but no, we now know it's true. It doesn't matter. Tokyo Rose never, never renounced what she was doing. Never. Now we get uh, the same porky agenda, porky Avenger defending Ginger Goebbels from calling Peter Doocy a stupid son of a bee. Listen to this one.
1: Brian, obviously, Peter Doocy has been at times a thorn in the side of Jen. um, But doesn't that come with the territory? It does come with the territory, and I think the point she's trying to say there is that Fox pushes storylines that are sometimes nonsense. Ducey does that in the briefing room, but still, she did it in a way playing to a liberal audience that certainly is going to cause a lot of outrage from Fox Probably for the next few days, right? Here's what the network says in a statement. Uh, Fox telling me, quote, in his role as White House correspondent, Peter Ducey's job is to elicit truth from power for the American public. His questions, they say, are his own. He's a terrific reporter, and we're extremely proud of his work. So basically Fox is saying, hey, we don't provide him questions. He comes up with it himself. So they're defending his honor. I think Jen Psaki kind of like, remember in senior year, spring of your senior year, you're about to graduate and you're just tired of all of this. I think we're seeing that from Jen Psaki. She's about to leave the White House. She's going to go to a job likely at MSNBC. So she's kind of relaxing and maybe to sharing how she really feels. But to be fair, she didn't really criticize him directly. She was really criticizing Fox News as an organization.
0: Oh, to be fair. And you're nothing if not fair, right, Brian Stelter? You believe that? Donald Trump's mean tweets, they're a threat to our democracy. Monstrous, monstrous tweets said mean things about the media. Fake news is the enemy of the people. This is an outrage. Doesn't he realize that these are going to get people killed? But you've got the official mouthpiece of the president of the United States calling a reporter a stupid SOB, and hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? No big shake. Stop being so whiny. Stop being so complainy. He is the most pathetic human being on the face of the earth. I really, I think our quest can end here. This is Brian Stelter, desperate to keep his job because otherwise, you know, if if merit mattered, he would be sitting right next to Harry and his wife, whatever her name. I can't even remember her name. They'd both be waifs and hungry, wasting away. All right, that's enough for today, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard me talk for too damn long. It snowed today. It snowed today. It's April the eighteenth today. The time you're hearing this is nineteenth. It didn't it actually was just like the backyard was just covered in worthless slush. It didn't last all that long, but it snowed enough to stick and pile on top of itself. Good lord. Anyway, have yourself a holly jolly Tuesday. Hope to see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening.